0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the podcast. We've been gone for a little bit while. We had a little break, but we're back now. Me and Oscar are here to talk about some fights, some boxing fights this weekend. Uh, it's a little bit to talk about. So that's very interesting. Uh, a little controversial fight between Floyd Merva and Logan Paul, uh, which we'll get our hands tucked into. Talk about that. And we have a UFC returning, thankfully, this weekend. Uh, Augusto Sakai versus Jarrett Jared Yair rosen streak, uh we'll go with so it's been a great it's been a great day for me because you know we've got ufc coming up and i'm excited and uh, i'm looking forward to it how about you
1: yeah i'm blessed to have fights this weekend every weekend without a fight is a weekend where i just feel lost so now i feel a sense of direction and i'm very excited to talk about all the fights this upcoming weekend
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, honestly, I can't wait. What Was it two weeks without any fights? It just it, it was it was just a pain and yeah, a pain in the backside. Uh, but we did have the ultimate fighter. That was great. What was your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, yeah. I felt like they really focused on the meat and potatoes of it. They really <laughs> didn't go in the direction of any drama. But it's very obvious that that's where they're going to be going in the next couple episodes. But I thought they had some skilled fighters on there. And uh, I can't really remember his name. But the guy that is a Henzo Gracie. Uh, trained uh jitsu player I think he's gonna give a lot of problems to these guys.
0: Uh was it the one who competed on the first episode? Yeah,
1: yeah the guy who o- got the, I believe those the mounted o- is it
0: Andre Partrovsky something like that?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah he looked mm-hmm.
0: like a yeah. Problem. yeah he looked great uh, g- a good a good submission win on the first episode. Uh, I feel like every week every week we should you know do a little bit of a recap of the on the fire talk about how, how, how we're looking uh how how strong you know the contestants are looking. Uh from from the first sight who are your favorites of the weights
1: and the middleweights? Man, I, I'm really bad with names early on the Ultimate Fighter, but the blonde guy who had a brain surgery, Vince Murdoch, yes, Vincent mm. Murdoch. Yeah, I was fairly impressed by him on the Contender Series, so I think he'll do quite well. Um, and uh, as we just mentioned, Petroski, uh, I believe he was in the NCAA and he's got a, he's trained by Henzo Gracie, so I, I think at the lower level, jiu-jitsu works very well. Shell and likes to point out that at the highest level, you're not going to win off of your back. But at this level, I think this guy can submit most of the guys there, especially with uh, with Brian Ortega and Hensel Gracie helping them out. But let's not forget Alexander Volkanovsky did bring in one of the best no-geek grapplers on this planet, Craig Jones. So uh, I think they're going to be fairly evenly matched there. But uh, Brian Ortega... Uh, Picked the first matchup perfectly well because he picked it against a guy who learned a lot of his stuff on YouTube and only had one amateur fight. So I was was absolutely appalled that a guy with a lot of YouTube skills was on there. I, I don't know how that guy got in there.
0: Uh, but what he is, he's got an opportunity of a lifetime and he's got to take it uh, with open arms and, you know, it's, hopefully it succeeds, you know. Uh, once you get on that ultimate fighter, though, once you, you know, if, if, if you're not successful, you know, you do make a name for yourself after, you know, you get that little, uh, you know, that brand exposure, should I say. Uh, so it's good for the guys to see them on there. And uh, it, as uh, as we mentioned, Andre Pachowski, uh, you know, he looked great and uh, I'm excited to see where he goes. Now he advanced to the semifinals. Uh, next week, I can't remember off the top of head who we have, but, Oh, I can't remember. Did they announce that fight?
1: Bad with names early on the Ultimate Fighter. I just watched season ten, and I was learning some guys' names like five episodes in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it, it was a great episode to uh, kick off the car. Uh, well, kick off the season, should we say? Uh, but let's talk about kicking it off, and we're going to straight away talk about Floyd Money Mayweather versus Logan Paul. It's happening this weekend. Are you watching UFC or are you watching Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul, or are you watching both?
1: I'll be watching both. Uh, I, I'm not sure—is this on Sunday or is it on Saturday? Cause uh, it's on the, on the same day. Oh, it is. All right. Well, I'll definitely be watching this fight whenever it's on. Uh, I'll be completely ignoring the rest of the card. I honestly couldn't care less, but that main event is very intriguing. I know that a lot of people are picking Logan Paul just because he's bigger, and it really is. Uh, really leaves me dumbfounded. Logan Paul has not won a boxing fight, so I don't know why you would ever pick him to win against a guy who has never lost a boxing fight. This is quite simply uh, like a freak show fight. Floyd Mayweather will make it close. Floyd Mayweather is a showman. That's what he did against Conor. He let Conor hit him a couple times just to keep people interested. But eventually, we're going to see Floyd Mayweather attack the body, after Logan Paul is going to be missing wildly and uh, getting a little tired. And Floyd Mayweather should drop him with a couple body shots. It all depends on how mad Floyd Mayweather is about the Jake Paul incident. If he's really mad, I think he can definitely stop Logan Paul with a a couple serious shots to the liver because that's just how high level he is. I really think a lot of people are overplaying the size factor here. It's not going to matter when he can't hit him anyway, so we're going to see Logan Paul just swing wildly, just not win much, and Floyd will remind the casual boxing fans why this was a ridiculous fight to book in the first place.
0: Yeah, it's a ridiculous my, uh, fight to book in the minds of the casual boxing fans, but it, it's, it's a moneymaker for both fighters. They're going to make a, a hell of a ton of money, and uh, that's what they're really in it for. Uh, if you look at the card, there are a few YouTubers on this card. We've got Vidal Riley uh, kicking off the card on, on, on the YouTube, the prelims. He is a friend of KSI on BT GDBT, uh, KSI's mate, uh, trainer uh, who trained KSI to actually beat Logan Paul. So, uh, he's on the card early on, first fight of the evening, so that'll be that'll be interesting. I'll definitely tune in to see that one uh but other than that i, I i'm not really interested in, in in most of the fights uh the only other two maybe is chad johnson versus brian maxwell and then badu jack i'd like to see how badu jack looks after the time off and the defeats but you know the main event of the evening that's what they're, that's what they put on there at the top of the bill for floyd mayer versus logan paul F- logan paul is the, the, the maximum he can weigh is 190 pounds and floyd the maximum he can weigh is 160 pounds that you know, you we talked. You talked about the, the, You know the size factor. Uh, you've, you said that people are playing into it too much, and I hundred percent agree. I think Floyd Mayer is going to show, um, he, as you mentioned, he's going to be a little bit of a showman. Uh, you may, m- maybe a few punches land early on from Floyd uh, from Logan Paul, but it won't really graze the chin of Floyd. But it'll make it look like you know he ate them shots. But then when it starts to go into the second, the third, and the fourth, uh, he's going to start to dig that body, uh, and, and then just. Yeah, I think he's going to, you know, exhaust Logan Paul. This is 8 rounds of boxing against the greatest boxer of all time. 50 and 0. As you mentioned, Logan Paul has never won a boxing fight, but there is a lot of stake for Floyd Mayweather. If you look at what possibly could happen if he loses this fight, if he loses this fight to Logan Paul, a YouTuber, it, it would go down in history as one of the biggest upsets in, in boxing history. 100%. Yeah.
1: That would easily be the biggest upset in boxing history, I believe. uh, Right now, Floyd Mayweather sits at a minus eight hundred favorite. So to think that a guy like Logan Paul, who has never won a boxing fight, who had very competitive rounds with KSI, uh, would lose, uh, would win over Floyd. That's just, that's just ridiculous, and it would be, possibly one of the craziest moments in sports history.
0: Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. Uh, but yeah, we've got that this weekend. I'm looking forward to that also. But also, we've got this weekend, as we mentioned earlier on, when we kicked it off, we have the big boys, the heavyweights, Gostu Sakai versus Rosenstroke in the main event of the evening. And um, you know, the card, if you look down at the, the card, there's some decent fights on this. Antonio Potts, Nibia returns after his comeback loss. And he looks, you know, right the wrongs and get back into the win column. Uh, we have got a decent co-main event, uh, but other than that, you know, we have got some d- decent fights. He's fighting Santiago Pozniewski. He's fighting Miguel Bieza, which is, you know, I- incredible step up in competition for Bieza. And this is the, this is a make or break fight for Santiago Pozniewski. If he drops two back to back after his comeback, it, it's very hard to see where he goes from next. But he, he's a great fighter. The the both men are great fighters. It's it's a great fight. I think we're going to see a knockout in that fight for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I do think uh, that would be the ideal result in that fight. I actually am predicting a ton of finishes for this card. So get ready for me to fire off first round knockout, second round knockout. This is just the way I see this card playing out. We've seen some, you know, quite heavy decision, heavy cards, and this is not going to be one of them. So I really suggest that people tune in uh, despite, uh, the, I would say, the lack of, huge stars on this card but this this is going to be pretty fun to watch if it all goes well
0: not to mention as well early on in the card we got Macwan Iramira khani returning after his you know his loss against edson barboza uh but you know it's, it's as, as i mentioned it's a great card up, up top to bottom uh, If if you look at the prelims you got Tano bosa versus ila latifi wow yeah wow what a fight yeah.
1: yeah i can't wait to get get into that one because uh I think Latifi is kind of uh, under-respected in the MMA community just because of how close that fight with Derek Lewis was. And Derek Lewis is about to fight for the belt. But uh, we'll we'll kick it off with the main event: Jarzinho Rosenstrike against Augusto Sakai. This is a fight where the winner probably gets a top five opponent next. So this is a a high-stakes fight. And I would say it's a higher-stakes fight for Jarzinho Rosenstrike because ever since that. Francis Ngannou lost. I don't think he's been the same fighter. I think he's been a little gunshot and he's uh, just not been the same. And he really needs to let his hands go. If he doesn't let his hands go, this will not be a great night for him. But uh, he stays dangerous during the entire fight. And I don't think Augusto Sakai does. Uh, How do you see this playing now?
0: Uh, I see a knockout happening in this fight because it's two heavyweights. Uh, and When they're two big heavyweights that can punch like these two uh, that can crack, we're going to see a knockout and I think it's going to go via Jaruzino Rose strike. I think he's going to get a knockout in this one. Uh, as you mentioned, it, we saw in the Alistair Overing fight uh, with Jarizino, all he needed is that one punch. It was four minutes of 59 seconds in the fifth round. He landed that one punch and it was over and that's all he needs. He's got that. He's got that freakish power, and if he lands on Sakai's chin, it could be night lights out. And uh, that's what I'm predicting. I think run runner Strike will go back into the wing column. Uh, but as you mentioned, he definitely needs to throw more. Uh, if he comes in there with the same mentality as he did in these last two fights, he's going to lose.
1: Yeah, I believe he's acknowledged that this is got to be uh, a fight where he shows that he's made adjustments because. Uh, he's just not the Tarzino Rose strike of old in the last couple. Uh, in the June Dos Santos fight, he did win that fight by second round knockout. And that was my official prediction. But I was very nervous the entire fight because he was very tentative. I thought he was let his hands go. But uh Santos landed a couple good shots on him. And it was a coin flip fight if you were watching it live uh, before he got the knockout. In fact, I scored the first round for June Dos Santos watching it. So. This is, uh, this is a fight where if Jorginho Russell Strike shows up like the guy that debuted in 2019, knocking guys out in 20 seconds, this should be a, a really good performance for him because uh, Augusto Sakai has never gotten finished by strikes on the feet. He got grounded, pounded by Overeem. I, I believe he had a rib injury in that fight, so that's why he got taken down so easily and straight up mauled. And it also showed that he has major cardio issues even before the over in five thousand five rounds. He fights Blago Ivanov, and that fight I had uh, Augusto Sakai losing before he uh, avoided that takedown and that fence grab that he uh, that he used that was completely illegal. It was the kind of fence grab that deserves a point deduction. So uh, that that was just not a good look that night. And I think Jorginho Rosenstrike is a level above in the striking. So Jorginho Rosenstrike will get the second round knockout here. Cause I still think he's going to have to, he's still going to have to fill him out. Cause I, I think Jorginho Rosenstrike still doesn't have all of his confidence yet. Uh, he's going to fill him out in the first round. And, uh, I don't think Augusto Sakai is going to look for a takedown like that. I thought Sero Khan would submit Rosenstrike, but, uh, Rosa Strike is that at the American top team team, and I think those guys put together good game plan. So, Charsinho by second round knockout is the ideal pick here. Uh, the guy has nukes in his hands, and if he swings them, it's going to be over.
0: 100% I agree with you. He's got that freakish, you know, that that, that power in, in any hand, and he, he can put your lights out, especially that walking back chef, check left hook, which is definitely a possibility that can land in this fight. Uh, but... You mentioned this is a this is a, a, a fight that uh, Rose Strike needs to win, and he needs to win it impressively. He needs to let his hands go and uh, get that stoppage. Uh, maybe early on, I think I see it happening early on. I think, as you mentioned, maybe round one, number one, number two. Uh, if it goes beyond that, I, I'd probably favour Sakai, but uh, round number one, number number two. I'm leaning towards Rosa Strike, and I'm seeing him getting it done uh, via TKO or maybe KO. Uh, but you know, Sakai in his last fight, lost against Overeem as you mentioned, got wrestled to death, and just got grounded, or pounded, and now Overeem's not in the UFC anymore. So, but we know how good Overeem is still, it, it, he should be in the UFC right now. But you know, he was getting old, he's getting old, and UFC made a wise, well, not wise decision, maybe a bad decision, to let Overeem go. You know, he made his last run, unfortunately, fell short to Volkov. Uh, but, you know, he's still a top-level guy in, over him. He, you know, there's no shame in that loss. Um, but this is a good fight for both men. It's a good, favorable matchup for both men because they both like to strike. So, it, it, you know, it's it, it's it's a good matchup for both men.
1: Yeah, Augusto Sakai, he's, uh, he's half Brazilian and half uh, Japanese. Yeah, half Brazilian, half Japanese. So uh, on both sides, they both have, like, uh, they both have their own styles. You know, the Brazilians, they like to grapple. Japanese, they like to strike, so he's, he's a well-rounded fighter, he's a black in jiu-jitsu, but I don't think he really comes out with that kind of game plan uh, and let's move on to the Komen event, another heavyweight fight between Walt Harris and Marching Taipura where do you see this one going? Uh,
0: ever since you know, ever since you know, Walt Harris lost, lost his daughter he hasn't won a fight and it, it's just it's really sad to watch watch it happen it, it, when you're watching it live. It just you want I want him to win so so bad for his daughter. It's uh, I just want him to get that win, uh, at, you know, and so he can say you know he he, he done his daughter proud. Um, but it's, it, he's fought some good competition in his last few fights. Uh, he fought um, Alistair Overeem. Uh, well. He got f- he, yeah he got uh, he got finished by Al- Alistair Overeem. Got finished by Volkov. You know some fights that you know that that he he, he lost were against good names. Uh, if you look at Volkov, he's what look, top three, top four in the world right now. As to Overeem, we know how good he is, but he's not inside the UFC at the moment. And if you look at Martin Tybora, he's on a four-fight winning streak. Greg Hardy, uh, Ben Rothwell, Max Ingression. And Sergei Spiviak. And Sergei Spiviak is a real good a really good fighter, and that's a really good win to get under his belt. And uh in his last performance against Greg Hardy, he, he had that cardio um that that Greg Hardy just didn't have and he got into that second round and uh he ultimately got the fight uh, where he wanted it and got that ground and pound win. But if you look at if you look in the past, he has been finished and has he's been knocked out three times inside the UFC. Uh, if you look at that, you, in the in the in the in the, um, what word am I for? In the words of Oscar, if you look at someone when they when they get knocked out, you know you have to question whether you know how his chin is. Uh, but you know in in, in his last four fights, yeah, he, he's held up. Uh, but you have to question: is his chin gonna be able to hold up against Walt Harris?
1: I personally don't think it will, Walt Harris has moved to Extreme Couture for this uh, fight, and he's actually living in Francis in Ngannou's house. He's guarding it while, uh, while Francis is in Cameroon. Uh, he's training with Eric Nixick. Eric Nixick has proven to be an excellent coach. He even guided Aljamain Sterling to winning the title.
0: So, uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know
1: what else we got to say about it. But uh, Marchie Taipura is on a roll. Everybody was talking about Kevin Holland last year. They were they were saying he's got one of the best win streaks in the UFC. But everybody was completely ignoring what Marcin Tiber was doing. He got four wins last year. And that was after a really tough 2019 where he got absolutely destroyed by Augusto Sakai. And uh, before that, uh, Shamil Abdurahimov just beat him up, you know? And those fights really showed me that uh, Marcin Tybur can cannot take the shots for the big boys. But in the Ben Rothwell fight, he got completely uh, out-volumed, out-struck. He was looking really bad in that first round. And uh, Ben Rothwell was overzealous in that fight. He gassed out, and Marching Tyburr took advantage of it. So if this is like the Ben Rothwell fight, Marcin Tiber will win. But here's the, here's the thing. Uh, Walt Harris, he's acknowledged that ever since he lost his daughter, he came back too quick. He was out of shape. He was not mentally there. He was just not mentally ready to fight. And I think if he really looked himself in the mirror and realizes what he needs to do, he can pull this off. Uh, but if this goes out of the first round, this is 100% Marcin Tyburro's fight. So, Walt Harris, by first round knockout, is my pick. But if this leaves the first round, Marcin tibero can probably finish him as well with some ground and Walt Harris has not been looking good in that second round because... He's a first-round knockout guy or bust. So uh, what do you think uh, happens here? Because Walt Harris will stay dangerous in the first round. Even the Wolverine fight, he nearly finished it.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned there, I was literally about to bring that up. In that Overeem fight, you know, Harris almost got that win, almost finished him, uh, but that ultimately cost him the fight. Uh, you know, he, he gassed himself out, and Overeem came back and got that, like, got the win. Uh, but in this fight, as you mentioned, that move to uh, Extreme Couture is going to be huge for him. I think Eric Nitsik was sitting down and be like, "This is what you're doing wrong, and this is how we're going to fix it." If you get somebody hurt, don't rush your work. You know, stay, stay composed. If you see the opening, then finish the fight, I think he's going to be a different fighter in this fight. As you mentioned as well, uh, he, he said he came back too quickly. I think that was 100% correct uh, after the loss of his daughter. Um, and I think he's going to be a, a totally different Walt Harris in this fight. And I think we're going to see a knockout for Walt Harris uh, against Martin Tybura in round number one and number two.
1: Yeah, uh, Martin Tybura, even in the Greg Hardy fight, and we know how low level of a fighter Greg Hardy is. The guy barely has any experience. Even Greg Hardy, who, who's basic, basically the only thing you can really say about the guy, he hits hard. And uh, <laughs> he did hit Greg Hardy, um, Marching Tiber with some heavy shots. In that first round, and I picked Marching Tiber in that fight, and now it's really sweating when he was getting hit with those big shots. So, uh, Walt Harris, I think he, he's just got more tight shots than Greg Hardy, and he'll finish it.
0: Well, let's move on to a a, a fight at middleweight. Uh, Roman Deleuze versus Liorano Staropoli. Uh, How do you see this one going?
1: Yeah, Liorano Staropoli is a former middleweight, uh, former welterweight. He's moving up to middleweight for this fight. And honestly, uh, I don't know if it's the right move. Even at welterweight, he was not doing particularly great. He lost to Tim Means, Muslim Salikov, uh, Tim Means. Tainius will beat the lower level guys, but you know when when you get to the upper echelon the competition at hundred and seventy pounds, Tainius does not win. And uh Star Poly is uh he prefers to strike, but uh here's the thing. Against a guy like Roman Delice, who was a light heavyweight last year, he, he was a very successful light heavyweight. He's got a wrestle heavy style, but he also hits like a truck. And Larry Star Pulley has gotten finished in the first round before. So when a former light heavyweight hits a former welterweight, I believe he's not going to like it at all. And I think he will fold. Uh, but if that doesn't happen, we're going to see Roman Delice completely dominate him on the ground. But the problem with Roman Delice is he's a very uh, submission over position kind of guy. You saw in the Trevor Giles fight, he was jumping out of heel any chance he could, even if it resulted in him getting hammered. And that possibly cost him that fight. That was a split decision fight, a very close fight. Um, but Roman Delizze should get this done. I just think he's going to be bigger, and uh, he's got a huge edge in the grappling. So uh, where do you see this going?
0: Uh, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. Uh, as you mentioned a former light heavyweight versus a former welterweight it, 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 this is going to be a, a massive side factor if you look at you know the pecs of roman delica this guy is big you know he's a really big guy and he's, he's going down at 185 pounds what impressed me the most is that the the, the shape he's in at 185 pounds he looks much better at 185 he even stepped in at short notice for a 185 pound fight made the weight. Uh, it just shows uh, the the shape, the dedication this man is in. Uh, and I think we're going to see a great performance from him, uh, whether that's a knockout or maybe a wrestling-heavy fight a 15 minutes, just, you know, grueling. Uh, but I think he gets this one done. And as you mentioned, Laureano Storopoli has been finished in the first round before. So that's definitely on the cards. Roman Delizay, as you mentioned, hits like a truck. And uh, all it takes is one shot and your lights could be out. And uh, I'm leaning towards a wrestling game plan for Roman Delizay. I think this is the way he gets it done.
1: Yeah, uh let's just hope Roman Delizay doesn't completely gas out like he has in his previous fights and go for something silly and get caught. But uh other than that, it should be a really good performance for Roman Delice. Uh let's move on. A guy who did not have a good performance at all in his comeback was Santiago Ponzanibio and he's gonna be fighting the undefeated prospect, Miguel Baeza. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio was on a seven-fight win streak before he came back, and it all ended with a fourth-round knockout of Neil Magny. Almost nobody knocks out Neil Magny that late. The guy usually takes over later in the fight, but that wasn't the case with uh, Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio was looking uh, like a world beater, really, before he came back. And when he came back, it was very obvious that he was starting slow. He had a ton of ring rust. And uh, Lee Jing Liang landed one bomb, and it was over. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio has not always had the greatest chin. Lawrence Larkin finished him. Mike Perry was able to rock him quite well. And after so many injuries and so many health issues, a really long layoff, I, I should have known better than to pick him against Lee Jing who really hits very hard. So... Uh, and before that, he was very low-volume. He was just not throwing anything out there. And uh, you cannot just stare at the wall and watch paint dry against Miguel Baeza. who uh, He's undefeated, and uh, he's finished Matt Brown. Uh, he's gotten a calf kick finish in the UFC, which is really hard to do. So, mega Baeza should have him beat here because um, he should have a high, uh, higher uh, rate of confidence. He is undefeated. And he's a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, a lot of people were picking him to submit Takashi Sato. And I really didn't think he would do it because he's never submitted anybody before, despite him being a black belt. And what does he do? He has the smartest game plan and he takes him down and submits Takashi Sato. So maybe he could take him to the ground against Ponza here. But at the end of the day, Baeza has legitimate knockout power. And I don't, you got to question Santiago Ponza Nebu's durability. After the last fight, so I'll go with Baeza by second round TKO.
0: Hmm, that's uh, great points you meant there. Uh, you mentioned there uh, the ring rust of uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio when he came back. Uh, you know, was it? It, it was definitely evident. Uh, he, he did get clipped by that big, big shot versus uh Ling. or uh, what's it Ling Jiang? I want to say, yeah, Jing Li, wait, Jing Liang Li. There we go. Uh, he, he got clipped by that big shot, and you know, only got finished. Uh, and, and Miguel Bieza ten and zero. If you're undefeated as a fighter, you're doing something right, and he's doing something right. And he's uh, free and inside the UFC. He's getting a big, big step up against Santiago Botanibbio, And And um, you, you, you got you got to see where he is at in his career. He's looking great. Uh, finished Matt Brown, as you mentioned, uh, submitted Takashi Sato, uh, but Santiago Potsinibio, as you mentioned, before he had that, you know, that big layoff, he, he knocked out Neil Magny, uh, who, you know, as you mentioned, who does that, in, especially in the fourth round, after the second, third, fourth, fifth, you see Neil Magny take over, because his endurance, his, um, his cardio, it, you know, he, he looks great, but Nibio shut the lights out, in the fourth round, it was an incredible knockout, and then, you know he took some time off and he paid the price for that time off and uh, you know he suffered that big loss. But Beza, 10-0, uh, a really explosive fire, great fire, hits hard uh, as you mentioned as well. Has that BJJ black belt, so this could go the same way as uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio's last fight against Giliang. Uh, maybe Santiago Ponzinibbio steps in uh, a counter straight down the middle. It, it, who knows? It could drop uh, Santiago Ponzinibio, but. I feel like P- Posnabia will learn from his mistakes, obviously, from his last fight. Uh, but ultimately, will that affect this fight? Who knows? Who knows? I think this is it, this is going to be a really good fight. I think, it, in my opinion, it's a, it's a coin flip fight because I think this would go anyway.
1: Yeah, we did see Baeza get uh, tagged by Matt Brown in the first round. Uh, that, was, uh, that was a closer fight than a lot of people. Uh, remember, uh, Baeza is on the rise in this division. Napio, in my opinion, should be a ranked fighter. He was, he beat Neil Magny, who's in the top 10 right now, and uh, he had the long layup, so he got kicked out of the rankings. And uh, Li Liang knocked about and got ranked right after. So that shows you uh, what the media and uh, what the community thinks of Nabio's position in the welterweight division. But uh is it, on the rise. He'll probably get that knockout here. Uh Panza uh, as I mentioned, he got rocked by Mike Perry. Uh yeah, I just think Faeza ba- will be too much for him on the feet.
0: That's that's interesting. My official pick, uh, th- this is a hard one to choose from. Uh but I'm gonna go with Santiago Ponte Nibbio. I'm gonna see him return uh, back to the wing column. I think it's gonna be a hard for fifteen minutes. So I'm actually gonna go a decision on this one.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, if they, this goes to decision, it's probably gonna be Fight of the night.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, next, coming up uh, on the main card, we've got Dusko Torodovic versus Gregory Rodriguez. This is a great fight. How do you see it going?
1: I actually think this is a guaranteed knockout fight. Dusko Torodovic, he keeps his hands low. He relies on his head movement. But the problem is his head movement isn't that great anyway. And he paid for it in the Punaheli-Soriano fight. Soriano put a beating on him. That was a brutal beating that he put on him. And Horovic uh, was undefeated before that fight, but uh, he really never faced anybody like Soriano that would really make him pay and would avoid uh, the takedowns. So um, I guess Gregory Rodriguez. Rodriguez just fought three weeks ago, and he won the LFA uh, midway title. Uh, but before that, uh, he knocked out Al Metavo, who was on the contender series And uh, I don't think metabolism is a high level fighter. Uh, he's very undersized for the division. And before that, he went on the contender series as a big favorite against, uh, Jordan Williams. And what happens? He gets absolutely destroyed in the first round. He gets slept against the guy in Jordan Williams, who is a diabetic. Uh, he really doesn't like cutting weight a lot in, uh, he did not have a good go uh, in the middleweight division against uh, Nasraddin Mamedov, and now he's going to middleweight uh, now. And uh, I just don't think Gregory Rodriguez has a great chin. He's not even thirty, and he's already getting just just taken completely out in the first round. So a guy like Dusko Torovich who throws with reckless abandon, I think he'll be able to clip him. But if he doesn't clip him, you best bet. Rodriguez, who's at Sanford MMA training with some tremendous striking coaches, could knock him out. So this one will not see a judges' scorecard.
0: Oh, I hundred agree with you on that one. As you mentioned, for Dusko, it's either kill or be killed mentality. Uh, either he knocks someone out or he gets knocked out. He keeps his hands low, swings, and uh, if it lands, you know he gets that knockout. But if he, if his, his opponent, you know, reads him, slips it, you know, he, and his opponent lands on him, he gets knocked out. So it's a, it, this is an interesting fight. I, I, I'm going to favour Dusko Todorovic in this fight, and I'm going to see a knockout. And I think it's even going to be—I uh, think it's going to be in round one. I think we're going to see uh, a really good knockout in this fight, and we're going to see Gregory Rodriguez absolutely flatlined on the floor with a huge punch.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's going to be a really entertaining knockout, um, and uh, that's just going to be one of many on this card.
0: Mm-hmm. No, As you mentioned there, uh, entertaining entertain knockout, and there's going to be one of many in this card, and Tom Breeze versus Antonio Arroyo. Is that going to be a knockout?
1: I don't think it will. has uh, actually never been knocked out. Uh, Tom Breeze, really, uh, the only guy he's knocked out recently was KB Buller, and KB Buller is not a UFC level fighter. In his last fight against Atreus, Michalaitis, we saw that the this guy's just not... He's not a high level fighter at all. And uh, he just got power jabbed and just went down. And that was just... Uh, that was kind of, you know, a tune-up fight for Tom Breeze. Tom Breeze is fighting guy in Tony who likes to strike. And if it goes to the ground, he'll, he'll submit you. But that's only for the first half of the fight. The second half of the fight looks terrible on the Ahoyo side. I picked him with pretty great confidence to beat Darren Wynn because he had a huge size advantage. And uh, Darren Wynn has shown, uh, you know, some strike, uh, some grappling deficiencies uh, in terms of jiu-jitsu in the past than Joe Mishart. And I thought he would do what Joe Mishart did, but that was not the case. He just doesn't have good cardio. And if he did have good cardio, I would pick him to beat Tom Brees. But uh, Tom Brees has clearly better cardio, and I think he can he can hurt him on the feet. On multiple occasions and uh, get a judge's decision. But uh, the thing with Tom Breeze, he's shown that uh, that in the back, he's just not he's not mentally mentally comfortable at all. So if he does not walk in with the right mindset, he will lose this fight. But I, I'm expecting him uh, to have the right mindset and get the win by decision. GT says, "Bruh, Logan Paul is nothing." Yeah, yes, that's sir. what I'm. The guy's
0: never even won a boxing fight. Like. I don't know why you're thinking on the beat the goat. Exactly, the the goat the goat of boxing is it, just not happening in my mind. Not happening in my university. Uh, university, my universe. Uh, anyway, um, moving on to, to, to the next fight that we have coming up. Uh, I think uh, actually, I quickly uh, put my prediction in. I think it's gonna be a Tom Breeze. I, I think it's gonna be a decision, but a possibility. It, I'm gonna maybe a knockout with Tom Breeze. I I, I would favor that, but. Uh, it, it, my top pick would be a decision with Tom Breeze, I think he gets it done uh, in that fight. The only problem, the only threat would be a submission from Antonio Arroyo, but he, uh, he has to get him to the ground. But we, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. I think Tom Breeze gets this one done. And um, let's talk about another a good fight. Matt He knows no, no introduction. Uh, we all know who he is against a short step, in, a short note stepping fighter Camilla Kirk. Who have you got in this one?
1: Yeah, I'm going to shock a lot of people with this one, but I actually have Camilla Kirk. He was a minus 250 favorite when he fought uh, Bobby Quarantillo on the contender series, and Billy. he showed he, he really proved that he was the rightful favorite in the first round where he was piecing up Quarantillo. Uh, Quarantillo is uh, a slow starter, but uh, nonetheless, uh, Kirk is a better striker than Americani. Americani, Hates getting bullied, and the Shane Burgos fight, he got pieced up. He was just fell on his knees and just got pummeled. It was, it, he he's really not a good uh, nail. Uh, I was really shocked. He's surprised them. He survived the knockdowns from Medicine Barbosa. I really thought Barbosa would knock him out, but uh, he proved to be somewhat durable in that fight. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, he's just one of these guys that's always going to be. Outside of the top fifteen, because he's pretty one-dimensional. One-dimensional. If he can't submit you, he's gonna really struggle on the feet, and that's gonna be the case here. Kirk, I believe, is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's got a lot of submissions on his record, and uh, he's gonna be the better striker here. And uh, and if if he can d- defend those takedowns for Mach 1, I think he'll he'll edge it out in decision here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, some valid points that you brought up there. Um, Marco Antonio as you mentioned, he's not very great now. We saw it get Shane Burgos and Edson Barboza. Uh, you know, we also saw it, saw it there. Uh, but as you mentioned, Kirk is a phenomenal, phenomenal striker with some heavy hands, and he's got that re- he's got that submission threat as well. And that's where Marco Antonio shines. The submission uh, offense from him is incredible. Uh, that's where he gets most of his wins. Uh, and the only way Kirk has lost the fight is decision or he's, he's been finished. And do I see Makwani and Miracani finishing Kirk, uh, via strikes? No, but do I see Makwani and Miracani finishing Kirk via submission? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's a legitimate possibility, but Kirk actually has never been submitted. So, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, mm-hmm. I really think, uh, Kirk can, can inflict enough damage on the feet to get the judge's decision here. Um, yeah, Kirk is really getting slept on by a lot of people heading into this fight. They just think one uh, is just going to get an easy win here, uh, like David Dvorak did against uh, his opponent last week, but that's just not going to be the case. And I think uh, fighters that take fights you know, against guys that came in on short notice, sometimes they tend to overlook them, and that might be the case here, and I think Kirk gets the upset. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's going to be a great night, a great fight as well. Yeah, glad to see Maquan Carney back. You know, he, he's a great fight. He has some great fights in the, in, the, in the past, but, you know, he's got a tough test, as you mentioned, in front of him. Uh, but also uh, a good fight. We have Monte De La Rosa versus Lipsky. Uh Lipsky. I'm going to put it out there straight away. I think Monte De La Rosa wins this one,
1: 100%. Yeah, I got all the confidence in the world. montena De La Rosa is a really good wrestler. In her last fight, she showed a ton of heart. She got cut really bad by uh, who was it? Uh, Silva. Yeah, he got caught up in the clinch. She got elbowed, and she she fought through it. She was never giving up on her takedown attempts, and uh, she made it a close fight. And in the end, it was a draw. It was obvious that uh, Silva would have gotten the win if it wasn't for the blatant cage grab in the first round. But uh, Ana Rosa she really impressed me in that fight even though it was a drop and uh before that uh she's shown that against the really low level of women's mma she she's gonna just dominate them and possibly submit them. but uh ariana lipski uh she does come from a striking and a jujitsu background uh a lot of people think she could submit mattelium de rosa but i completely disagree. uh the only the only person of note that she's really submitted was Luana carolina and uh, I just don't think Luana Carolina is too too high-level fighter. And uh De La Rosa, just, she's got the right game plan. Uh, many times in the women's division, we see a wrestler go up against a jiu-jitsu player, and what happens? They give up those takedowns. They get stuck on their back, and they don't get that submission. And that's just going to be the case here. Uh, Drew Dober is teammates with Montana De La Rosa, and uh, they asked him, do you think she'll get the finish? And he admitted that she won't. That she, you know, she tends to play it safe. And, uh, she, you know, Metallica Rosa by decision is one of the best bets you can make on this card, if you ask me.
0: 100%, agree. With you, that that's the way I see the fight going. Is the uh, decision uh, uh, wrestling heavy from Matilda Rosa? That's this is the way she gets it done. Uh, Arlenski yes, she she has that submission threat, but is it enough to submit? montal de La Reza, uh, i don't think so i don't think i don't think it happens uh i think montal de La gets this one done uh uses her wrestling grinds out the victory and gets a, a fairly unanimous decision win uh, on the judges scorecards uh but let's look at a heavyweight fight that is very anticipated it's on the prelims which is crazy Ta- tana bosa versus illa latifi who are you
1: backing yeah, these are two guys that should probably be ranked in this heavyweight division. Uh, Tenor Bozer was looking like the hottest thing, uh, despite losing to Surrogant, but he fights Andrei Arlovsky. He has just way too much respect for Andrei Arlovsky. He's very tentative. Uh, I actually thought that Tenor Bozer did enough uh, damage with his leg kicks to win that fight. He he did outstruck Andrei, but uh, the thing is, Andrei actually was able to hurt him with a couple strikes, including a spinning back fist, uh, uh, Taylor Bowser, he's he's really good uh, on the feet, but have we seen him tested on the ground at all? No, not really, not in a while. And a guy in Ely Latifi, who is really undersized for this division. This guy's this guy was undersized a light heavyweight, and what does he do? He moves up, and he, in my opinion, he beats Derek Lewis. He got about ten minutes of control time in that Derek Lewis fight. But uh, in that third round, he did get tagged. And uh, I, I believe those Texas Texas judges that night were way off. That was the night of Ewell versus Martinez, uh, Lee versus Murphy, and uh, most importantly, Reyes and Jones. So those judges that night were off, in my opinion. And they were off in that fight. And who is Derek Lewis fighting next? He's fighting the champion. So you could argue that Elio Latifi is a top five heavyweight. So, uh don't disrespect him, but he, here's the thing: Latifi does not have good cardio, and if he can't take you down, it's not going to be a pleasant night for him, um, most likely. And uh, Tanner Bowser, he'll he'll probably do enough damage to Leo Latifi. Tanner Bowser, uh, though he did get two finishes in a month, uh, th- those were uh, you know kind of odd finishes against not that terrible guys, in uh Latifi has proven to be durable. He's he survived the lunge from Derek Lewis, so I'll go with Bowser by decision here. But uh, don't be surprised if Latifi pulls off a uh, pretty big upset with a decision because the guy he's got really good wrestling these days.
0: Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you know he trains with Alexander. Uh, I believe he trains with Gustafsson, right?
1: And Hamza Shemayev.
0: Um Hamza Chamayev, yeah, the, the absolute two killers who are, by the way are flying over to America because they'll be fighting soon, both of them. So that's interesting. I hope to see them back soon. Yeah. And I'm pretty where would they be training? I can't remember. They mentioned it, but I can't think off the top of my head.
1: Some, something star. Try? no, not try star. I don't think it's tri star. No. no. Yeah, I can't really get that down, but uh uh Latifi and Gustafson were the two guys that really began the hype with Hamzat, because we know th- those guys are very skilled fighters, and they were saying that Hamzat is having competitive sparring sessions with them, and that's what really started the hype with Hamzat, um, so yeah, training with uh, one of the best wrestlers in Sweden definitely won't hurt Latifi's wrestling.
0: Mm-hmm. uh as you mentioned there this is a great fight it, it a style of two different uh, a, a, this fight is a different you know a different what, 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 a matchup of two different styles that's what I was trying to find uh you know the wrestler Tifi and the tanabosa uh, that striker patient striker looking for the strikes uh, but I think Latifi gets it, gets the takedowns in this fight and uh, I see a little bit of control time happening. I think he's wrestling, as you mentioned, against Derek Lewis, 10 minutes, and still didn't get the win, Uh, but in this fight, I think the judges will be on par, and I think we're going to see the teeth get the whiz one done, and I think it's going to be wrestling.
1: Uh, The key factor. Yeah, this fight might uh, be determined by the judges' judges, uh, opinion that night, because uh, some judges these days, they'll go damage over everything. They'll they don't care if you got dominated for four minutes. If you land uh, a couple good shots in that minute, they'll give you the fight. So this is going to be a very interesting scoring watch and it could be a discussion piece uh, mm-hmm. later on.
0: Well, let's talk about a fight that could definitely be, uh, where it definitely could be a finish. Uh, Francisco, Francisco Trinaldo versus Muslim Salakov, That definitely has a finish written all over it, surely.
1: Yeah, this is a fight between two two guys that really like to strike. And uh, this is a very important fight for Francisco Trinaldo. This is his move up to welterweight. And uh, a lot of people think he'll be undersized here. But this guy's always been a huge lightweight. Always. He's always got a ton of weight. And uh, he's really not completely outmatched here um, in the size department. But in the striking department, he is. He really is. Muslim Salikov labels himself the king of Kung Fu. He throws crazy spinning attacks. Uh, he's he can also be very technical in, in the in the uh Dos Santos fight. That was really the eye opener for me. Uh he really can he can strike with the best of them. But here's the problem with Salikov. Salikov has been submitted twice. And when he got submitted by was it Alex White who submitted him? Uh, That that was just not a good look back in 2017. He got submitted and uh, After that, I I really can't trust him on the ground and uh, I believe Francisco Trinoldo has five submission wins on his record. He hasn't submitted anybody in a very long time but if Francisco Trinoldo can wrap him up with an armbar or something like that I believe that's a real possibility that a lot of people are ignoring because Salakov is only lost by submission. Uh, But um, I think at the end of the day, we're going to have an older guy, Francisco Trinaldo, who's going to be too slow. And uh, Salakov will probably, if he doesn't get the finish, he's at least going to heavily rock uh, Trinaldo here and get uh, a unanimous decision.
0: Yeah, this is a great fight. Uh, both men have power in their hands. Uh, it, 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 they could honestly could go and knock out either way. We've seen that in, in Francis Trinado in his last fight against Jay Herbert. Stop the fight, the roof. Yeah, stop the fight! Yeah, that ruthless, you know, overhand left, and then the the, the 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 scream of Dan Hardy shouting, "Stop the fight!" Which ultimately could have got him sacked from the UFC. We don't know. We there there the, there's been a lot of comp- you know a lot of um. Hidden back stuff. The, what happened with him and this female employee? But you know, they, they, we're not here to talk about that. But it was a fantastic uh, straight uh, overhand left from Ronaldo. Absolutely put the lights out with Jay Herbert. Uh, he, he seen he was out as soon as he hit the floor. Uh, the referee should have stopped it. That You know, the punches were unnecessary. Uh, but this fight, if any man lands clean, it could be a wrap. It could be a night. Uh, but. You know, as you mentioned, Salakov has been submitted in the past twice in both his losses, um, and I do favor Salakov uh, on the stand up. I think he's the best stand up, but it's the grappling uh, which is a big problem. Uh, but does Ronaldo, you know, have that the skills to get this one done? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not too sure. I think Salakov gets this well done, and we're maybe going to see a finish in the third round.
1: Yeah, that's a real that's a real possibility, and uh, I believe Salakov very very. Uh, underappreciated in this welterweight division this guy's a really good striker and uh he's got a lot of diverse attacks and i think he can put a lot of entertaining fights on with just about anybody
0: 100 mm-hmm, percent, i agree with you uh if you look at his, his last fights he beat um Aleksio Zaleski. C- that was ten months ago. He beat he beat Leonardo Staropoli, uh, Nadine Taleb, and uh, Ricky Rainey. But his losses, as you mentioned, against Alex Garcia, uh, where he got submitted. Both his losses have came via Rene choke. So if I'm Trinado, I'm probably practicing that throughout the whole camp, and, hope, and I hope we get it comes uh, during the fight. Uh, that, that's definitely the, the possibility. Uh, but moving on to an absolute cracker. at Lightweight, this is gonna be a, a fantastic fight. Uh, possibly even fight tonight. we I mean, Alan Alan Patrick versus Mason Jones, uh, at 155 pounds. Mason Jones returning after his first loss, um, against off the top of my head, I can't remember, but is it Trevin Giles?
1: No, it wasn't Trevin Giles. Giles is a no. middleweight, it was oh, uh, yeah. I Mike Davis. Mike Davis, Mike Davis. They look alike, they look alike. I was close. By the the way, that fight was, in my opinion, right now, it's a contender for fight of the year. Mm
0: -hmm. 100%. It was a great fight. Both men, you know, put their heart on on their sleeve and went out for it. Uh, But who do you have in this fight? Who wins this one?
1: I got a lot of confidence that Mason Jones will absolutely piece him up and get a finish here. Alan Patrick, he's been around a long time and he's fairly one-dimensional. In the Bobby Green fight, he got completely exposed. Once he got those takedown stuff by Bobby Green, Bobby Green completely pieced him up on the feet. Uh, Mason Jones, he had a really good showing against, uh, against a guy, Mike Davis, who's only lost to Yusuf and Burns. So uh, I really think Jason Mason Jones is a high-level fighter. He was a Cage Warriors double champ. Um, and he he throws with reckless abandon on multiple occasions. He doesn't mind throwing a flying knee or something like that, and I believe uh, he can definitely catch Alan Patrick, who has been finished in the past and uh, might be near the end of his career here. Uh, Mason Jones should win this fight. Um, If he gets way too reckless, maybe he gets taken down, but that'll just be one round. This guy's actually got really good cardio, and he'll, he'll finish Alan Patrick and get himself a Performance of the night bonus, I believe.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. This is this is a great fight, and there's definitely going to be a performance of the night bonus from either man. Uh, but I'm favoring Mason Jones in this one, as you mentioned, a, a double champion in Cage Warriors, uh, 170 pounds, 155 pounds. Uh, one of the first, or one of the first since Conor McGregor. Uh, so he's got that history under his belt. Uh, but yes, I think Mason Jones returns back to the win column, and and I think we're going to see a knockout in this one. I think he's going to get it done.
1: Yeah, it's a good fight for Mason Jones. That Alexis uh, Alex Davis' fight was not an easy welcome to the UFC.
0: Mm-hmm, 100%, I agree with you. Uh, Mike Davis is an absolute killer, uh, and he's shown that in the past. Uh, but who else is an absolute killer? Manon Florait. Uh, M- Manon Florait, she is an absolute savage.
1: Yeah, Manon Faroe is one of the few uh, women at flyweight that will get in your face and she will stay in your face and she will completely bully you until you just curl up in the fetal position. And she lands that ground a pound. That's what she did. to uh, Victoria Leonardo. I actually picked Victoria Leonardo to submit her. Um, because I thought that maybe, maybe was a little one dimensional, but in her debut fight, uh, I believe it was Lee McCourt. It was a split decision. And, uh, that, that was a close fight too. uh, we've seen for row on a consistent basis Finish girls, which is by a strikes, which is, you know, pretty hard to do. Cause as we said before, women just don't have the same power into their hands as uh, men. Uh, but she, she definitely has a ton of power and, uh, she throws some really good head kicks and, uh, she's finding a girl who's coming in on short notice. I believe she's five and zero. this isn't, this is not going to be a fun fight at all for her opponent. Uh, I believe her opponent, her her name is Hichio.
0: Ooh, how would you pronounce that? Maybe it's Ricky or.
1: Yeah, she's Brazilian, so it's uh yeah Tabatha hichi
0: Oh, Rui okay, uh yeah, but if, if she has some finishes on a on on a
1: on a record too, uh one
0: one win by armbar, one uh two, was
1: that two by punches? I looked. If you look at her Tapology record. Has she been in a single opponent with a winning record? No, she, she hasn't. She's not being in a single opponent with a winning record. She doesn't even have uh ten fights and she's in the UFC. This is uh this is in my opinion, this is not a deserving position. Uh she had some good shows on Alfa, but as I said, not people with winning competition. This is not gonna be a fun night for her. And, uh, you want to talk about people getting their performance of the night bonuses, Ferro will absolutely demolish her and get that second round TKO. Faro's a monster. She was fighting, uh, uh, Rosos, Morozos, and, uh, that was going to be a much closer fight, but in this one, this, this is not going to be close. Uh, Hichi is, is well-rounded from what I've seen, but, uh, when you're fighting somebody who's that much of a bully, it's, it's not going to be a fun fight and she's going to want out as soon as she gets hit with a couple good ones.
0: Well, let's talk about a fight. I 100 agree with you before, actually, before we move on, I think Manoi Floritz who gets this one done and it's going to be uh, a stoppage uh, potentially in the second round. Uh, she's an, she's an amazing, she, she, she's a savage. She kicks very hard. She punches very hard and uh, she does have that power in the women's divisions uh, women's fights that can, you know, stop the fight. She she has that, you know, uh, that that power in her hands, then kicks uh, are lethal. We've seen that in the last fight. And I think she gets this one done by body kick in the second round.
1: Yeah, that she can really get it done with any strike, to be honest here. She'll completely be outmatched. And her opponent, Hichi, is moving up weight class. So she's also going to be undersized, to name a bunch of other things.
0: Well, let's talk a fight, about a fight that could, potentially has... All the makings of being you know, the best fight on the card against two prospects. Uh, Yusuf Zalal versus Sean Woodson. This is a great fight, but who do you have it going to?
1: This is a very underrated fight. Sean Woodson was looking like a, a world beater uh, before he lost Lina Rosa. Even in that fight, he was completely piecing up Juliana Rosa. He was really on the path to getting a, a dominant unanimous decision, but his cardio let him down and he's really not the best grappler. He had a, a a long part of his uh combat sports career was as an amateur boxer. I believe it's it's uh he had a 40 plus wins as an amateur boxer. So uh that's his background here and uh he's fighting guy Youssef Asil who was looking really good early in 2020. He was on a three fight win streak but eventually his uh His hype was completely shut down by Ilya Taporia, and we know that Ilya Taporia is the cream of a crop when it comes to prospects. And then he fights uh, Sung Wing Chu. I thought he was going to get that fight done, but uh, Choi was the better striker in that one. So unless Zalal gets this to the ground and uh, finds the submission, uh, I just don't think it's going to be his night. We know Woodson has one of the strangest physiques in all of the UFC. He's got a crazy reach and height advantage against anybody in this division. So, I think Woodson will present issues to anybody, uh, as long as he can keep this fight upright, and he'll pick them up and just do it from distance, uh, yeah, this is going to be a good showcase for Woodson here, uh, it's really tough to see a guy who who's doing so well last year, now, uh. He's looking like he's gonna go on a on a skid here.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, Zalao, you know, he looked phenomenal inside the UFC. But well, he came in at UFC, well, three and zero, and then you know, fell back to back losses against, as you mentioned, um, uh, Elia Latupia and um, uh, Song true. Song Wutu. Yeah, uh, but you know, Elia Latup, you know, he's a great, great fighter. You know, he's got a great fight coming up too. I can't remember, but it's an absolute banger. I forgot. Ryan Hall, that's it, versus the Lutipia. It's going to be an absolute showstopper, that one. Uh, definitely a finish in that one, 100%, 100% a finish in that one. Uh, it, it's, it's going to either be a KO for Ilia or it's going to be a submission win for Ryan Hall. Uh, that's the that's the only way I see it happening.
1: Yeah, that, that fight 100% deserves a slot on that main card, on the Conor card. So, yeah, tune into that one, guys. That's going to be a cracker.
0: Hundred percent. Anyway, we're here to talk about Zalao versus uh, Woodson, uh, and you, you you put literally the nail on the head. Really, Woodson, long, rangy. Uh, there possibly isn't as one uh, who's long. And, and as big as him in division, you know, you got the shouts on Max Holloway versus Zabit, um, uh, Zab and Zabit. You know, them two, them two guys are massive. But you know, he's also uh, very big for the division, and he's going to cause anyone problems on the striking realm. And uh, this is the way I see it going. I think, as as you mentioned, Z- Zalao was too short for him. Uh, the reach, the size will pay a massive factor. He's going to keep Zalao at his range, uh, not allow the takedowns because that's the only way he's allowed to get if he gets a takedown. But I think Woodson uses, utilizes his kicks effectively, uh, especially that push kick. I think he's going to use it, and them calf kicks are going to be coming handy too. Uh, and this one, I don't think I will, we will see a, a, a knockout. I think this one will go to the judges' scorecards, and I'm going to favor Sean Woodson.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's seen the love to be very tough and durable. He escaped a ton of submissions, attempts against Ilya Taporia. And... Uh, Yeah, let's move on here. We got the first fight of the night between Claudio Puelas and Jordan Levitt. This is a very intriguing fight because if you've seen Jordan Levitt's career, he doesn't stay in there very long. He usually finishes his opponents very early. He completely overwhelms them on the ground and finishes them. And he got his first knockout victory in his last fight. And he did not get it done by strikes. He got it done by one of the most vicious slams I've ever seen. That was absolutely brutal. And he actually trained that. He prepared for it. And uh, it was tough to see uh, a vet like Matt Wyman just get uh, like that. That was about 22 seconds. So this this is kind of like his... UFC debuted again because his debut was so short. Uh, he, he almost admitted to having ring rust from having such short fights. Uh, Claudio Ellis, on the other hand, he's been fairly inactive in the past couple of years. He, he had some injuries. You know, COVID uh, stopped him from getting to the country. But now he's back. And he's a really good grappler on his own right. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to be the better striker. Uh, He actually started uh, from a striking background. And Jordan Levitt, on the other hand, he only liked to wrestle. But Levitt actually says he wants to make this fight a little longer. And he wants to show that he has better striking. And he even admitted that he has no evidence to say that. It's all self-belief. Self-belief can only get you so far. And Claudio Pulas should have the better striking skills. And I think he's going to expose... Levitt who's who's undefeated, but has he ever been tested by some a good striker? No, he's never really even been pressured like that. So I think Paulus will give Levitt the adversity he needs and this'll be a good uh lesson for Jordan Levitt.
0: Wow, you, you might have actually turned my head here because I was going for the you know the, the monkey king, Jordan Levitt, because he looked, you know, as you, in his last fight Absolutely slammed Matt Wyman, and it was just vicious. That was one of the most vicious knockouts, one of the most vicious slams I've seen in UFC history. And uh, he looked—that was just incredible. Um, it was one of a lifetime opportunity that, that we will probably ever see. Uh, but as you were you, you talking about Claudio Puelles, he's—you know—he's he, got the best striking. Uh, John has John never ever been tested in the striking realm? Possibly not. And he's going to be tested against Claudio. So. I don't know which way to go on here. What what would you? What would be your best bet?
1: I I would say uh, I would just pick Claudio Pulas All uh, right, here uh, we know Jordan Levitt is a two to one favorite here, and I think that's a little crazy, especially uh, being a guy who we've never versed in the striking realm. He just completely overwhelms his opponents on the ground, and a guy in Claudio Pulas, he's got knee bar wins in see. He's very crafty with his submissions, so I don't think Levitt can submit him here, and uh, we don't know if uh, Levitt can even take a punch, really. So, yeah, on the feet, he's very sloppy, and uh, Puelas, I think Puelas can have to expose him. Uh, and, yeah, Lev- Puelas, by decision, is going to be my pick just because Leavitt is so unproven on the feet.
0: Wow, wow, wow. There we have it, ladies and gentlemen. Oscar, uh, going into deep analysis on that one. He, he's telling you to get insides and outs. Uh, so listen to him because, you know, he, he's got a great record when it comes to predicting fights.
1: Yeah, it's uh, for 2021, it's, uh, it's about 63%. Before, it was, it was a little better, uh, but I did predict the biggest underdog on that uh, Chandler Oliveira card. So you know i i really I'll, i won't mind going against the, the public here so i'm picking two uh two ba- fairly big uh, underdogs uh Kamala Kirk and as i just said Puella. so uh watch out for that and uh i will also be picking an underdog in boxing on August 28th against Jake Paul i'm picking time Woodley to knock out Jake Paul just so you know guys uh let's just give our quick thoughts on it because that fight week we will definitely go deep uh what, what are your first impressions of this
0: this is this is a good fight and it shows how scary this fight is for jake Paul because he requested a rematch clause on the contract so this is you know in jake Paul's mind if you're requesting a, a rematch clause you know th- is there a little bit of doubt in his mind that maybe this is too quick of a... I don't want to say too quick of a step up, because Tyron Woodley has never boxed. You know, he's 0-0 as a boxer, uh, but he's primarily uh, probably me right right to say, he he primarily was a wrestler uh, when he came inside the UFC. That was his, you know, his bread and butter. But then he worked and worked, worked, and then we saw that he had these KO power inside these hands. He has dynamite. Just look at that short um, Josh Koscheck. Uh, KO is absolutely ruthless. Uh, talking about ruthless, look at the Robbie. Lord, look out. He's he's knocked out of a lot of good guys. He's got power in them hands. All it takes is one shot to land, and it could be lifestyle for Jake, and I think that rematch clause in the contract shows how dangerous of a fight this is for Jake.
1: Yeah. First and foremost, I just gotta say, ups to Jake Paul. I got all the respect that world for him. I thought he wouldn't take this fight in the next couple of years. I was thinking maybe he pieces up Dylan Dennis. Uh, maybe he beats Mike Perry. Maybe he beats these lower level guys, but a guy like Tyron Woodley, who always has the nuclear option, and he actually trained at the wildcard boxing gym, which is a very respectable gym. This is not Nascarin against Jake Paul in any way shape or form. This is the guy in town Woodley who just fought a couple months ago He's in the best shape of his life and this guy was able to rock his last opponent and That's uh, in his last couple of fights what he's done best with is his striking uh, It's all a matter of him pulling the trigger and in his last fight He did pull the trigger against Vicente Luque and he was able to have uh, Luque on wobbly legs for a bit there but. Uh, a lot of people are just talking about Jake Paul. Of course, Jake Paul can box. I'll say it. he can box. I said it in the Ben Askren preview. But this is not Jake Paul Ben Askren. <laughs> now, this is not a guy in Ben Askin who barely knew how to throw a punch. This is Tyron Woodley. Who got a ton of knockouts in the UFC on the feet. And uh, this is not uh, a fight. Tyron Woodley. Has never gotten rocked and just looked for a takedown like Ben Afton. He stayed on the feet. Uh, he's comfortable on the feet. This is this is a pretty insane matchup. But um, Does Jake Paul knock him out in some bizarre world? Yes. It, it's. I would say one out of ten times it happened. And could it be this time? Yes, it could. If Tyron Woodley is only there for the money. If he completely overlooked him and just swings for the fences like Nate Robinson did. Maybe, maybe it happens, but right now I I don't even know if Jake Paul has been proven to have a good chin at all. So, time always has a nuclear option, and I think he'll he'll just inflict a beating on Jake Paul and uh, teach him a lesson uh, about you know all the disrespect he shelled out against the MMA community. And uh, yeah, if, if Jake Paul wins this fight it's gonna be a very very rough day because we had the wrestler excuse with uh with uh Ben Ashker but this time around is uh, it's, it's gonna be a very bad luck if he wins but uh tyrant for the win all the way and I'm rooting very hard for him and i'll be betting him as well as an underdog
0: yeah, 100. I agree with you. Uh, it's it's b- ridiculous how he's an underdog in this fight, but you know, Jake always had that experience inside the boxing ring, and Tyron Woodley hasn't. So that's where they probably got the you know the, the odds from. Uh, but you know, Tyron Woodley, a five-time world champion inside the UFC, knocked out some of the the, the greatest welterweights in the world. Robbie Lawler knocked him out clean. Uh, and Knocked out Josh Koscheck brutally. This guy's got dynamite in his hands, and if he lands clean on Jake's chin. It could be a short night, but we've seen his last fight. He let his hands go, which was one of the best feelings in the world. Uh, How Tyron Woodley looked in his past four fights, especially in three of them where he just didn't throw, didn't strike. He was accepting positions. Uh, But in his last fight, he went out there. He gave it his best and he threw until someone get knocked out. And that's what I wanted to see from Woodley. Is the heart still there? Yes. The heart is definitely still there, and I think Tyron Woodley's going to go out there, and I think he's going to get the job done.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are are thinking Jake Paul is high level enough of a boxer to make uh, Tyron Woodley pay for his wild swings, but I don't think that's the case. And uh, let's get off this topic. We're we're over an hour in. Uh, we went. We got some good fights this weekend. Uh, make sure to tune in, and that'll be all from us.
0: Yeah, I said uh, A great way to end it. Make sure you tune into the fights this week. And from me, uh, Logan Paul and UFC returns this week. And I hope you enjoyed the stream. I hope you enjoyed the Omni Fire. Uh, from me and Oscar, very goodbye, and we will catch you next week. Thank you.